0: Put him on his back. Thurston, right foot kick, down the ground, into the in goal almost. Hodgson cuts it off. Hodgson taken by Norton. He took him late. Marshall skips away. Marshall skips away. Marshall's still going. Marshall's got Richards coming up outside. Now inside. Richards pursued. He puts a jumps to the Welcome back. Tuesday, twenty seventh June, twenty twenty three. You're back for another episode of the Tiger Town podcast. Looking a little bit different in the current studio. Uh, podcast on the road, as it were, and we've been on hiatus for a couple of weeks. I'm Zach. He's Toby. 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 How are you, mate?
1: I don't know how Hobie Toby. is, but Toby's doing all right. Um, is he?
0: Yeah. I prefer yeah. Hobie to be honest. Can we get him back on the show.
1: Nah, nah. He's he's not good for morale. He's not good for morale. He's a, right. a bit of, uh, Debbie Downer. Womp, womp.
0: Umster. Bugger. But yeah, not bad. How you doing? You good? Nice
1: little nice little week off, actually. Um you know, obviously we had the buy and um just had the origin as well. So figured may as well just give it a bit of a, a break and yeah. Ended yeah. up crying, need- crying myself to sleep on Wednesday night. The
0: boys needed a buy too, I think.
1: Yeah, I think so as well. Are we talking about the blues or mm. are we talking about the tigers? Everything. Yeah. everything
0: yeah not 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 a whole lot looking a whole lot rosy in terms of recent results though is it
1: no 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 um definitely my uh well rugby league sides of mine have not gone quite well in the last two weeks but that's okay you know Mm. things can only look up isn't that right where you know we're ebbing and flowing with the dragons about who sits on the bottom of the ladder but for some reason, we seem like the less basket case. We actually don't seem like a basket case anymore, which is really interesting.
0: It's refreshing. It is. Yeah. Yeah, it is refreshing to see somebody <laughs> else take that mantle and cop it left, right, and center. Oh, I once. feel
1: like I feel like there's two teams that are doing, uh, three teams that are kind of worse off than we are in terms of basket cases. So it's good to see. Good to see.
0: Good. All right. Like um, just the origin. Your summary. I think it's all yeah. been said before. It's getting right. buried near. Just
1: boot Freddy. We said it after the first origin. Boot Freddy. Guy doesn't know how to catch. Got booted from the Roosters. He had He's had one of the best squads at his disposal for the better part of four or five years. And he's only won three series? Get, off. Get your hand off it. Hmm. Um, maybe even two series. I think he's only won two series. Two series. Am I right with that? I
0: have to check. I think that was his um... He's lost three of the last four and he's had six series. I think he's had three and three. I think he won the first two and nice. then he's lost three of the last four. Yeah. 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 But either way, yeah, it's been a tenure of, um, what would you say, kooky selections and stranger, strange approaches and oh, uh, underperformance.
1: I, under I just think he's just been on the Mary Jane a bit too much and doesn't know how to do anything anymore. Hmm. But, um, yeah, well, be
0: that as it may, him and his offsider I think can both go. They've had their their chances. Oh, uh, you go a long him. way in this can't in rugby awesome. league world to find a more arrogant, biased um, person in the rugby leagues. Based in Greg Alexander, can't stand um, something about him just rubs me the wrong way, and
1: absolutely
0: not a fan. Overrated as a player, overrated yeah. as a uh, rugby league mind, in my opinion.
1: Pretty certain he won a DAL- a DALY M medal, so hard so to- Jared Hayne. Yeah, but Jared Hayne was amazing in his time. That twenty, he was. that twenty nine, uh, two thousand and nine season, and then the two thousand and fourteen season. Mm, it's very rare you see performances like that. <clears throat> so no, you're right. No, Insane, that no, but mean, he sticks. I, I don't. I wouldn't say Alexander is overrated as a player. I just think he's an absolute douchebag.
0: Well, I was trying to, um, you know, capture the entire. Motif with a little bit of exaggeration, but thanks for pulling me up on it.
1: That's all right. That's what we're here for.
0: Exactly. Yeah. We just ebb and flow off each other so well.
1: <laughs> exactly. What about yourself? What did you uh, what did you make of it?
0: Uh, origin? Yeah. It just, time's up. Um, there was a case of basically the last couple of years in some ways, whatever could go wrong for New South Wales has, go wrong, has gone wrong. But the difference is with New South Wales, we, make, we use them as excuses and Queensland seemed to rise to the occasion. You know, a couple of years back, Queensland had everyone out with Bennett, as we all know, in twenty one, and um, was that last year? No, last 2020, year, twenty twenty,
1: that
0: was. Was it twenty twenty? Was yeah. it? Yeah, um, worst Queensland side in history, as they say, and they and they got up and they got the job done. You know, we lose a couple of our gun players, and like, you know, all things being equal, we lose Luttrell. We have Luttrell unavailable. We have Cleary unavailable. We have Appiah unavailable. Um, and then we lose Tom Trebouich in the first couple of minutes to the game. You know these aren't these aren't just starting players. They're probably some of, if not the the most key players in in the squad of New South Wales. Uh, we didn't have Mitchell or Tommy last year after they tore him to shreds in the year before that. So yeah, look those things. We for some reason in New South Wales they tend to become excuses and they lead to losses. Um, expectedly, and Queensland just had this happy knack of rising above it. And, it's irritating because the jersey means no less to me. Um, south of the border, coming from New South Wales, I can tell you that that much right now, um, nor that there's a frustration around it. But, yeah, you've you still got to get the job done. And some of his selections and his uh, tactics and his plays and things, just the injuries or no injuries. Um, yeah, he's had his time, and it's time to go in a different direction, I think.
1: He's not a coach. I'm sorry. He's not a coach.
0: No, I know um, I agree, but neither is Meninga, And he he coached through um, The best tenure of all time With their eight straight for Queensland So as long as you're a man manager And you've got that's, tac, that's... Uh, tac, tacticians around you You can do a good job But it's all about the side you put on paper And um, and whatever their approach is And yeah, he's had his chance And yeah, good riddance Yeah,
1: good Glad we're both in the same thing So we'll just stay on this subject for two seconds because I'm keen to understand for those that aren't blue supporters probably won't give two shits about this part of the podcast, but it's still rugby league talk. So let's go with it. Um, who is the next blues coach in waiting?
0: It's hard to say for mine. Um, for me, I just need, I need somebody that, that matches the passion because I, I don't put a heap of credence in rugby league. In, sorry, in state of origin level, when you get to that level in um, necessarily the coaching side of things, I think it is more uh, man managing and it's, and it's about motivating. It's about getting the boys right on the right day. Um, and I look across the full gamut of, of full spectrum of um, ex-players or coaches available for New South Wales. And I think who bleeds the most, who hurts the most when New South Wales lose? Um, it's Andrew Johns. So i would be getting Andrew Johns and i would be getting him to pack I'd be getting him to pack the coaching staff with um, the angriest, most um, disappointed, cranky blues, ex-blues is, that he possibly can uh, and basically just bring back um, bring back that hate level. Because you've I'm- got the players. Both, both states have the players to win. That's something that's going on between the years and it's something lost in the jersey. And um, the further away we can get from... Uh, circle jerks and barefoot walks through the grass and the the more we can get back into um, the Tommy Redoniga's cattle old spirit. I think that's where we're at our strengths as a start.
1: Yeah, I'm of the same mind that we need someone who is passionate, bleeds blue, but I think we need to follow somewhat in Queensland's footsteps. And I think it needs to be somebody that's been relevant in the last, like been playing in the last decade and who has bled for the Jersey and you know hates Queensland, but you know that every blue supporter has watched him go through with that jersey and watched him literally put everything he has on the line. and that's what Billy Slater has done. Like you, what you think about the, the age of the kids that are now, or the age of the players that when they were kids, Billy Slater was their icon. the age of the, age of the players now in the Blues, squad, probably Andrew Johns was nice and retired by the time they really hit their stride. You know, they might have been five, maybe seven when he retired. He didn't get to see him in their full flight or anything like that. But you know who they did get to see? Paul Gallen. They got to see him put one on Nate Miles' chin. They got to see him get in the ref's face, got to see him bleed for his state. He didn't win a lot because he was going against probably the greatest team that's ever been assembled on Australian soil. But he bled, he put everything he had on that line. And you... Like, you know that he says he talks his mind and he says we needs to. Like you said, you don't need to be a tactical coach as the head coach. You need to be a manager. I don't think Billy Slater is a very good tactical coach at all. I think he just knows how to get his players up and get into play for him. He leaves Actually,
0: it. yeah, I see all your points on Gallon. Um, definitely in the passion side of things. In terms of Slater from everything I've, I've read and seen, he actually is the opposite. We sort of goes against, I guess what I was saying um, there, a lot of people are talking about his attention to detail is second to none. And he was like that as a player and it's just carried on into his coaching. He's got a notebook he carries everywhere and all that sort of stuff. So I don't know if I'll agree on that side of things when it comes to Slater, but um, yeah. And I think, you know, we're both singing from the same song sheet when it comes to, to the type of person we want in that role, right? Yeah. Um, it's not, you know, it's, it's someone who this shit matters to. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, doesn't matter. Um, and that's, doesn't that's matter
1: to Freddie. Doesn't matter to
0: Alexander.
1: No. They just care about yeah. having their names in the paper.
0: Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's where I'd start. But yeah, there's no obvious candidate. That's for sure. So it'd be interesting to see whether which route they go. I guess. Hmm. Cool. Yeah. So for excuse me, uh, one more, I guess. One more thing on that note before we wrap up and, and move back into Tigerland would be something along the lines of selections. If there's anybody that you think might've played their last, uh, last game in a blue Jersey, or at the very least there should be conversations around, is there anybody that stands out to you this year thus far? Obviously there's still one game to go, but um, who are you thinking might need to start to uh, get a tap on the shoulder and have a chat?
1: Teddy's the first one. I think he's done. I think, you know, he's probably been one of the greatest New South Wales fullbacks that we've had in a very, very long time. But, no, it's from what I've seen at the Roosters, from what I've seen, everyone could say it's confidence. You know, he's a great player. He's done this. And, you know, what he's done, he's served as well. And maybe he deserves this one last game for Origin 3 to have his swan song and say goodbye. But he's, in my eyes, he needs to get tapped on the shoulders. He won't. He'll be he'll end on his own terms, which, in some in some ways, yes, he's deserved that. But at the other times, he's you know, as blue supporters, we just want to win. We don't particularly give a shit about your swan song, your fairy tale, anything like that. You know, you just if you're not performing, and you're not doing what we need you to do, get someone else. It's been two games where. He
0: well, hasn't yeah, and he's been horribly out of form all year. And that was the case with Queensland with Gagot. You know, there was a lot of contention, if you remember, around game one when they didn't select Gagot, considering he's been playing okay football, he's still going well, he's still young enough, and he's the type of person that everybody's always known that rises to the occasion, does the job of Queensland, yet they went in the opposite direction. Uh, he didn't get a swan song, he didn't get to go out on his terms, but obviously he, um, you know, was overlooked in that situation and, you know, maybe it's one of those maybe it's one of those types of things. You know, obviously Teddy still has a lot to offer as a player, but he's just he just all years look like a spent force. And and it wouldn't matter so much if it was simply that he wasn't creating as much, but he was actively killing plays frequently yeah. Yeah. for us, um, and stifling our attack in a number of ways. He was caught out of position and costing tries, his defence was awful, his positional play was just not what it's been. So, you know, based on that alone at least in the discussion, um, yeah. Whether or not it's a a proper line through him, I don't know yet, but certainly on his form, there needs to be other people clearly spoken about in that conversation. And to that point, that was obviously the name I was going to say too. I mean, it's staring us clear in the face, but um, who do you think they're heading into next year? What names? Because there's probably one or two, um, maybe at least push – Push him a little bit, or at least are in the discussion around a possible replacement. I know it's a long way away. This is a brief discussion, but
1: like I think there needs to be, I, I think it's a dead rubber this year. And I think that there needs to be the the discussion of blooding the next generation because what have we got to lose? Literally nothing. They can have a clean sweep, but who gives a shit? Um, so my instinct is to go with somebody that can be the next, you know. 10 series player uh, who's around the 21, 22 mark that's actually starting to hit his strides or who has a tremendous amount of promise at fullback at the moment. Um, No one really, unfortunately, is coming to mind, which is really concerning for me. Um, You know, Reese Walsh is only 21, so he's going to be there for at least the next 10 years and he's, you know, just... Like it's hard to hard to go against what he can do. He can defend well, he puts his body in the line, he attacks well. Cocky little bastard, but he's he hasn't earned it yet, but he you definitely feel like he might sooner rather than later. But I can't think of anyone that could usurp him from the younger generation. The only one that comes to mind is potentially Dylan Edwards. Which is interesting to say that. Uh, you know, you think about four or five years ago, Dylan Edwards was in reserve grade, or maybe six years ago, he was in reserve grade. Couldn't even make the first grade squad. Now he's
0: dropping times- every ball that was kicked at him. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I actually thought he was going to be a name we didn't hear much of. Good prediction from my <laughs> Clive Churchill medalist, your premiership player. Uh, yeah. yeah, I agree. And I actually think the two names that need to come into into the discussion and they need to come into the discussion next year. Uh, would present three names, with Teddy included, that are all three different types of fullbacks. So I think in some ways it would provide opportunities for the entire side to look at going in a very particular and possibly different direction. The three names would be Teddy, Edwards, and the other one is Luttrell. If Luttrell's fit and firing, he's an option at fullback. But then that is going to dictate, you know, all three of those players are very different players. So um, I think all three of them can do a job. Obviously, Edwards these days is Mr. Safe. Uh, Mr. Reliable at the back and Mr. Support Play. Luttrell is big, big moments, big plays, which he does in the centres as well. Uh, and then obviously Teddy is, is just what he's done over the years. So, um, But obviously on that down, that down, that uh, downward slide, I think those are worth the discussion. Uh, there's probably a few others in there as well. And but maybe a few younger blokes will start to poke their head through. But yeah, I don't know. I think that following game three, I'll be pretty happy to sort of wrap up the origin talk for a year and put it to bed and we can revisit next year. I think maybe, what do you think?
1: Yeah, I think so. I think origin three will probably just be a very quick recap in our pod. I think it's just going to be a, um, yeah, it's just going to be, uh, this is what's happened. What, yeah, let's wrap it up. Let's get it done. And let's move on. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, there's just, I don't know. There's, yeah, there's, there's a name that comes to mind because he's still only 24 and he's starting to hit some form. He's actually Scotty Drinkwater. I think he could definitely be somebody that if we start to put him in there now, he might actually be, I didn't even know he was, I thought he was a Queenslander, to be honest. I thought he came through the Sunshine Coast system, everything like that, but no, he came through, I think the Newcastle system and then went down to Melbourne. Uh, He's a Penrith boy. Um, Yeah, didn't know that, but... He's only twenty four, twenty five, so he's still got a good another five, six, seven years in him, um, and that's someone who it can definitely create plays like we've said it on the pod um, when we before we flogged them last time. Um, he was our danger man, so Scotty Drinkwater is definitely an option for me, um, but like I said, I'll, if I wanted to, if in a perfect world, I'd have a look at somebody that was still a bit younger, even for that but it's starting to hit their stride that we can just start to blood and really, um, I guess, get them to put their hand up and say, I'm taking this spot. See you later, Teddy.
0: Hmm. Yeah, it'll be interesting. We'll we'll put it on ice for eight or nine months and we'll see where we're at maybe March April next year, eh?
1: Yeah, let's hope so. Let's hope so.
0: Hey, mate, um, not short of... Other big news in the rugby league world the last couple of weeks and particularly in our space in the last couple of days. So for those who have been living under under a rock, um, on the surface of um, the surface of Uranus for the last however long, there's no surface of Uranus, it's a gas giant that doesn't make much sense, does it?
1: I don't know. I'll let you go with that.
0: Anyway, rambling again. Wouldn't be this podcast without rambling. Luke Brooks, four years, manly. Um Estimated uh, what 2.4, 2.5, so around the 650 odd mark. Yeah, I think is the I, estimate.
1: I think it was, I think someone also um, put up about um, a dollar value of 700 exact. So,
0: yeah, somewhere in that realm. Yeah. Uh, also, Tommy Talao confirmed two years, which was um, pretty well known in those circles. Possible immediate switch, though it hasn't happened as of yet. Um, mate, what do you make about that? What's your What's your take on um, you know, Luke Brooks, a whipping boy for the last 11 years at our club. He's finally moving on. He's going over to uh, the Northern Beaches. How do you feel?
1: Well, I've been pretty vocal on this pod that it's been time to part ways. Um, he's shown some promise over the last couple of weeks or last couple of months, probably. Uh, I've started to hit a bit of form again, but I still think it's the best move for both club, both, both parties. I think, I actually think he's going to, absolutely shine at the sea eagles because we know what he's like when he doesn't have to direct a team. Um you know when he won halfback of the year he was a 5'8 he was 5'8 to bendy's halfback he just had the number seven on his jersey um and you know at the moment this you know DC is probably the second best halfback in the game at the moment um if not the best because obviously clear is out but having him there, I think that you're going to see probably the best of Luke Brooks, which is unfortunate. Uh, it's sad, but we just haven't been able to sign a quality half next to him. And, you know, he's or everyone's like, oh, now it's Luke Brooks' time to take control of this team. He'll lead this team, but that's not his game. He's a, well, I've, I've said it, you've said it, he's not a halfback, he's a five eight. He just chimes in when he needs to, um, takes a line on when he needs to and sets up when he needs to. He doesn't need to direct the, scene, the team. And you know that DC does that quite well. Um, four years, I think, is pretty bold on their part, if I'm being honest. Um,
0: yeah, it's a good swindle by Isaac Moses, I think.
1: Yeah, I think so. I think that, you know, there's... It could be a stroke of genius. Absolute stroke of genius. It could be like, well, this is, you know, the partnership for the next four years because I think what DCE is on until the end of 2025. I think that's when he's signed till, which will take him to 34, I think, 34. Um,
0: Are you, uh, Excuse me. He's uh, 34 now. He's 34 now,
1: is he? So take yeah, take him to 36. Yeah. 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 You know, that's still...
0: But he's, I mean, he's not playing like a 34-year-old. He's playing a half, you know, as much as he ran down Crichton in the Origin, he... um. He hasn't really lost a lost a step or anything at this stage. He's playing probably career best form. So he actually Jerry Evans, as much as um, he is the bane of our existence at, at times, his longevity in the game and in his position is something to be admired. I guess.
1: Yeah. Look, like I said, I think it's best for both parties. Uh, now we can effectively put this to bed, and we can move on. And. He doesn't come into the conversation anymore of whose fault it is, and you know, I've I'll put my hand up and said I've been one to blame him pretty consistently, especially last year. I think last year was pretty consistent in blaming him, uh, mainly because there was just no structure, there was no there was no threat, and that's where he needs to be. Um, and then probably at the start of this year, I was a little bit more, yeah, I was, I was still vocal because all the stats were pointing to we should be winning a lot of games, but we just weren't scoring because the opportunities weren't being created. Um, You know, we were getting into the opposition 20 zone so easily because we have such a good forward pack, but no one was finishing it off. Uh, And whether that's, you know, Brooks's fault or whoever was at fullback at the time, whether it was Laurie Staines, whoever, it was still really frustrating to watch. Um, But then, you know, we got Buller back and, and we got Buller in and it seemed to be Wakeham and Brooks had a pretty good partnership starting to develop, but at the same time, for me, it was too little, too late. Hmm. Uh, if if he had have signed the you know, reported deal we offered him of two years for $500,000 a year, I'd say that's a good deal. I'd say he, he definitely hasn't earned longer than two years, which is, yeah, again, like you said, a pretty good swindle from Moses. Um, I don't think halves, yes, are hard to come by at the moment, but at the same time, that's $700,000 for a half that's consistently underperformed. So, yeah. Sure. Hope and, wish him all the best. Wish him all the best. Want him to do well. Yeah. Like I, I've, I've reiterated every time I bag Brooks. It's got nothing to do with him as a person. Met the guy mm-hmm. a couple of times. Really lovely, really lovely bloke. He's, what, eight years younger than us though. So he's a kid to me kind of um, but look it's uh, yeah it, it was just
0: time I'm a sucker for nostalgia I, you know I'm a bit sad in many ways but like we spoke about earlier in the week I think I said um, my heart is disappointed but my head is happy because you know we, we know what we get with him and yeah I'm a sucker for a, a local junior and um, he's carried the hopes and dreams of the club in a lot of ways for the I was going to say the better part of a decade for literally a decade Uh, and then obviously become the perennial whipping boy from an underperforming club and and an underperforming player a lot of that time too and yeah, it's hard. It's hard in some ways to to see him go but like we said, you know, I hope he goes over there and kills it just not when he plays us and I think that he will go well. I think at the very least he gets an opportunity to see what he can do in a different system uh, in a different setup with different players around him and that sort of stuff as well and at least he'll get an opportunity to see what he um, what he can do in that other environment. So I guess in that way, it's going to be a decent little test. But the bottom line is now, uh, with that confirmed, that we now currently have one half on the books for next year, and that's Adam Dewey, who is out with his third ACL and may not even possibly play next year, is the word. If he does, it'll be late in the season. He comes back because of the nature of how long this process is on the third one. So we're in the same predicament, in some ways, worse off, I guess, with the confirmation in Brooks that we spoke about a couple of weeks back in the halves situation. Um, now, this week we've got Brandon Wakeham and, and Dane Laurie in the halves. We'll talk a little bit about that a little later in the show when we go through this week's lineup against the Cowboys. But a little bit of talk, or a lot of talk, I should say, about. Um, Latu Fainu from the Manly Seagulls, which is their, uh, what would you describe in their boom up and coming 5'8", um, being, being referred to as the best 18 year old in the country, um, of which Calendar Silver is probably second best. And Big Talk, he's, he's a big uh, big Fulton man and their family, all of them. So Manasi, who was the one who got in trouble um, a little while ago and is, is serving some time now. We've got Sioni at our club. Who was signed mid last year and is playing New South Wales Cup at the moment as a prop, and they've got Simwela as well, who's a um, sort of a, a younger Uluwatu clone, uh, who's played a couple of games, played against us earlier in the year, and there's obviously Latu as well, who's yet to debut, uh, but he's he's the best of them, and he is a sensation. This kid. Now, um, one thing to consider is that there's no confirmation and um, West Tigers have a habit of these things possibly going up in smoke at times. But if we can get him across, I think there's a high likelihood that he possibly even plays a little bit of first grade this year. So he would be a half that is going to be heavily involved here and into the future. With the likes of Iverson Matai um, in uh, Flag at the moment, there's uh, Mitchell Chester, another one out of Penrith, who's playing Flag. But these are guys who are young kids. They're not ready Um if they if they will be at all, we all know the percentage and the hit rates of um, of young juniors playing, particularly halves, their likelihood of, of seeing NRL at all, if not a, a long successful career in NRL. So, mate, um, the halves conundrum. Where are you at with it? <laughs> I
1: have no idea. You know, obviously we've got we've got to put some stock into it, considering we have one half signed for next year. I think there's a, probably a high likelihood they'll just throw Wake in the lifeline. Um I think that if we can get um knew, um apparently both brothers, Latu and oh, I can't remember what the other one, what the other bloke's called, but um Latu and his and the second rower brother, um like Sam Weller There we go. Yeah. It was Sam something, but I couldn't remember. Um I, there's a chance of them both coming over. Um, which will be interesting because then we'd have all three brothers. Um, but the other one, who's, you know, housemates with uh bunkmates with Jared Hain. Um but, you know, we've still got to freshen up, we've still got to stock up that that half uh sort of well that we don't really have at the moment. Um, you know, there's talks of reaching back out to Jock Madden. See if he wants to come back. There's talks of uh old mate who's backing up period the Panthers for life I me mean, can't remember his name. Jack Cogger. Cogger Jack Cogger,
0: Cogger, son of Tre- Trevor Cogger, who was a um a West Magpies um did not know legend. That. There you go. Mm. In fact, early days, um, Jack Cogger had the choice to go between Newcastle and the West Tigers, and he chose Newcastle because he actually didn't want to have that pressure of being known as Trevor Cogger's son which is not dissimilar to the path, I guess, Mission Pierce took with Wayne Pierce.
1: Yeah, yeah. Always wondered why that. And I remember vividly, it was back in the day when uh, you could text questions to players when they're on NRL 360. And Mitchell Pierce was on there and I text that and he's like, he answered and said, yeah, just didn't want the pressure of uh, being a Pierce in Balmain. So, um, but yeah, like, regardless of what happens with Latu, um, coming over or anything like that, we still need to start stocking that up. Because yeah,
0: yeah. Look, even if he even, even if he does, he's a kid, he's eighteen year old kid. So best case scenario would be that we play him next year. That's absolute best case scenario. Like I guess a Carl Olawapu at the Bulldogs, and Nathan in that Cleary situation, deb- you...
1: Nathan Cleary debuted at nineteen.
0: Yeah, that's, that's nineteen. So that's you know, true. if he, he's eighteen,
1: if it's next year, it's nineteen.
0: Or he'll obviously turn 19 at some point next year, yeah. yeah. But the point I'm saying is if he's starting the year in that position um, as like the starting five, eight or the first choice five, eight, it's fundamental that we need a solid seven around. And yeah. we're flat out getting a seven, much less a solid experience seven.
1: Yeah. And there's not many on the on the ticket. There's not many that are running around anymore. They all seem to be up-and-comers and um, juniors or makeshift halves you know there's i think they just like they need to look at other options and i think possibly going back to super league uh maybe bringing caesar back over um you know we had that crack at george williams but he re-signed with warrington for another three years um you know maybe reach out to pierce one more time see if he's keen um but yeah there's just nothing really in the NRL standard that's in terms of an experienced half. And in saying that, everyone's like, why didn't we keep Brooks? Why didn't we do that? It would have been the exact same thing as we've seen because essentially Brooks needs a halfback. Brooks not a halfback. We couldn't have brought um, Fayonu over and then kept Brooks at number seven and thinking Brooks is the experienced halfback that's going to develop this kid. No, that's not what's going to happen because Brooks can't steer a team around properly so we still need somebody who is an out and out halfback you know there was talks of cowboys potentially shopping around chad towns and he'd be an option um you know obviously we reached out to johnson but he doesn't want to um leave new zealand again he's happy being over there with his family which is fair but yeah like apart from that there's no one really like The only other one that I can kind of think of, and the fact that he's stuck for another four years behind the incumbent is maybe Pezzit. But even then, he's still a bit of a rookie.
0: And he only re-signed just last year, I think, as well. So he'd need to be given permission to do that. And then you'd have a 19-year-old or a 20-year-old and an 18-year-old running your side, and you just don't do it. I mean, that was Brooks and Moses you know, nearly 10 years ago now, and, and it just didn't work. At the time, you need, an, you need an experienced head in there. And as you said, you just rat, you rattled off the list and there's just nothing. And if you recall, I remember saying this early in the year when we were chasing Moses, I said, if we don't get him, we're in trouble. And it's not the fact that we were to miss him necessarily. It's the fact that after him, after he signed on Moses, there is no one. There is no one that's top shelf and, and even below top shelf, there's no one who's even moderately good and experienced available. It just cannot happen. Um, there's no one around. And so we're talking about the likes of Jack Cogger or Mitchell Pearce at 35 who's in France or, you know, whoever else might be possible as, um, as we said, as possibilities. So, yeah, these things, um, yeah, I don't know. And, and I think the club's in that sort of situation as well. They need to figure it out and they need to figure it out quickly. And Latu Fainu, if he comes, he's he's not going to be changing a whole lot for a few years. And we run the risk of stifling his development in some ways, like we did with Brooks for the same estate. You know, we've spoken a lot about how you can't in some ways help when you got your money, you can't help what is available in the market. Um, so uh, halfback looks like a stopgap again for a little while.
1: Look, there's a name that keeps popping up and he's never been a world breaker, but for me, world he's... Beater. whatever. For me, for me, he's you know, he, he's a Chad Townsend kind of player. He just does what he needs to, he's not a he's not doesn't set the world on fire. And that's actually Drew Hutchinson. He's 28 years old. He's got what, roughly hundred and five games, first grade games to his to his name. He's playing
0: How many of the how many of those are in the hubs? Uh, I know he originally was a half, but he's very rapidly made himself a new utility nowadays, hasn't he?
1: He has. He was, <clears throat> I think, majority of his time at the Roosters has been a utility. Mm. Um, I know he was a half at St. George, and he was half over in the UK, uh, but I think he's been mostly utility uh, at the Roosters. Um, but in saying that too he was playing half new south wales cup for the better part of two of those years he really hasn't started to consistently show in the roosters side until like the last 18 months and that's when his utility factor came into play so before that he was a half you know yeah. it's it's not a bad option if i'm being honest i feel like um if we if we're looking at somebody that has just a bit of a cool head on their shoulders, a bit more experience, he's not a young guy, been overseas, he's done this, he's done that. It's not a bad option. And he's off he's off contract this year. So yeah, I wouldn't say no if I'm being brutally honest because there's not much else out there.
0: I think they're going to have to really get on the blower and try somebody away from a club that's next in line. I'm thinking someone like a Braden Trindle or a Sam Walker. Who's out of favor? Well, I need I... someone like that.
1: Well, I read somewhere that Braden Trindle's starting to look at offers from Super League. So, obviously, he'd want to stay in the NRL. Um... Yeah, well, there
0: was a lot of talk that he was heir apparent to um, Moylan's contract and that Moylan won't be offered a new one at the end of next year, maybe. But if he's you know, given a walk-up start and 750K three-year contract with a mutual option fourth to be the starting halfback for an NRL side, you know, and then you, you start rattling off everything else that the Tigers have to offer, you listen. You most definitely listen in that situation if you're Braden Trindle. And everything I've seen, everything I've heard, he's definitely, definitely quality.
1: Yeah, and that's... You know, that's that's not surprising. I mean, everything we've seen. Every time he's had to put on a Sharks jersey, he's playing like, you know, he deserves to have it. He's just been stuck behind two halves that have been playing very, very good football. But um, look, it's I think it's gonna be a conversation that is ongoing until it's sorted. It's never gonna die because um and obviously we're not the only ones in this in this um sort of in this, I guess, conundrum or whatever I'm trying to say. Because there's a couple of teams out there that are pretty desperate for a quality halfback or a quality half. Um, You know, thinking of probably, you know, the Dolphins are a big one. Um, You know, Sean Sean O'Sullivan's okay, but again, he's not a world beater. Um, You know, you've got... I'm trying to think of knights, you know, you got Jackson Hastings, but even he's hasn't really performed this year either. So halves are a rare commodity at the moment.
0: Mm. And no doubt they'd have a the finger on the pulse with all the New South Wales Cup sides uh, and Queensland Cup for that matter. Uh, I'm I'm not around the reserves unfortunately as as much, and so I, I don't really know. I guess across those two leagues, what's what's going on? Um, but surely, yeah, there's some of those names you mentioned, and of course in Super League too. You know, you have got the likes of Jake Clifford who ended up bombing out big time over here, over there. You've got people spoke about Lewis Dodd from St Helens. Um, there's a few other names that floated around that are over there, either ex NRL players or Englishmen themselves. You know, there is there is players out there, uh, but it's a matter of accumulating. If you get Latu Fainu as a young up and comer, and he's the the heir apparent, and maybe even nab's the, the first choice spot then you need to have a selection of three or four possibly other halves halfbacks specifically that you can you can slide in and see who works and see who starts to own that team Um, you know is waken one of them out of pure necessity do you re-sign brandon waken because we have to i think at this stage you probably do and you probably do it tomorrow because you at least need to have someone there. I know, I know he's not going to be chased down by everybody, but at the moment, he's the first choice starting halfback for the Tigers. No, no. You know, and he can play first grade and he can do a job. And he was the He was the 5'8 when we beat Cowboys 66, 18. He was, the, he was in the halves when we beat the Panthers. He was in the halves when we beat the Dragons, you know. So he can play in the halves in successful football teams. Now, obviously... He's really come back with his form in the last few weeks and his shortcomings, I guess, have really had a spotlight on them. Uh, but I think we're at the stage where we sort of have to look at locking him down first and then going, right, we need two others and then we're hopefully we can jag Fainu and, and go from there. Because I've got no doubt in the future that as this next wave comes through in the next three, four years, options are going to open up galore. In two, three years, the market is going to be a lot more available again as the as the cycle begins. We, don't, we can't just sit on our hands for two, three years with no one. You know, we've stacked this side with what we've got at the moment and as much as we might not see the success with this forward pack that we've currently got, it can be a, the type of forward pack that can lead us then into a transition period with our forwards coming through. But in the meantime, we need to be competitive um, or we'll just keep spinning our same wheels all over. And yeah, these these top quality blokes aren't going to continue to power a ship that has no steering wheel for three years straight. No. I mean, they only flat out doing it for six months.
1: No. And the thing that worries me a little bit too is, um, you know, if they get desperate and they move Appy to halfback, that will worry me. Uh, yeah. I really hope it doesn't come to that, but they've made stupid decisions like putting, you know, our informed centre at, you know, 5.8th
0: yeah, I think the main reason they did that, and I still don't agree with it, I still think it was silly, but the main reason was that Laurie was earmarked to be 5'8", but he was concussed. I had concussion protocol, so he couldn't play. Ah, uh, okay. So that was the reason why they put Star in there, but at least, you know, Laurie will be in there this week and we'll get a chance to see that Um, Dane Laurie next year. Do you, do you stick him around now and, and just have him train only as a 5'8"? Again, you, you sort of have to, I guess. You're
1: going to have to. Yeah. Yeah him a two-year contract and just ensure like we've seen that Will Smith doesn't really offer much. Um, he's not offering much in New South Wales Cup. Um, but we know the quality of player that Laurie is and the biggest yeah. fault we had and our, like we said it consistently was his support play. That was his biggest fault. Not as important in a half position. He can tackle. We know that. He can pass oh passing was becoming better. But as that last effort, not really. Like maybe he's a little bit better of um not being that linchpin, or not being that final pass, sorry, being just being that linchpin. Um, you know, passing it to Buller, who has that amazing flick on him or can cut out through that cutout pass. But look, I think you have to. I think the halves, the current halves that we have right now who are playing to uh, Saturday, I think you've got to lock them down for a minimum of another year. Yeah, so,
0: yeah, that's a reserve, and it's a reserve grade halves pairing. Wakeham yeah. and Laurie could be playing halves for Magpies, and I'm pretty certain they did earlier in the year.
1: Yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah, back when it was Dewey and Brooks. Mm. Yeah,
0: let's not forget though as well, and this is something that. Can't be understated how important it is. We're missing um three, if not four, of our first choice um spine in some ways. At the start of the year, Buller wasn't necessarily oh, excuse me. He was on the scene, but um he wasn't first choice. Dewey out for 18 months, Appy's now out, Brooks is now out, you know. Point me to another side, and we've got Buller who's an eight game rookie or a six game rookie in in fullback. Point me to a side that can lose three-quarters of their first-choice um, spine and be competitive at all. You know, what, what expectations should we really be having with Appy, um, Brooks, and and Dewey out? Um, you know, the fact that we lost Dewey at the start of the year as the first-choice 5-8, that, that's something that, you know, it happens, and he wasn't playing the house down, but he was still first-choice 5-8. Now, this, yeah. this is something that, that doesn't get spoken about enough, I don't think.
1: No, and it's true, and it's one hundred percent true. Like, but like you mentioned previously, before Appy got you know, elbowed in the jaw, and nothing happened to that mullet wearing douche, um, we just seemed, our head just didn't seem like there was in the game to begin with. Now I thought it was you know obviously it went a lot downhill after he got injured, but you know maybe something, yeah, just I don't know. What's the word I'm looking for? It, the The consistency wasn't w- wasn't there again in that game to start with. So you know, yes, we have lost that, but it, the the signs were already not fantastic prior to those those three, or at least those two, falling to injury two weeks ago. So three weeks. Ago.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, but it is what it is. So I'd say let's. Um... I guess wrap up okay. the half discussion because we're not getting anywhere tonight <laughs> and maybe yeah. have a look ahead to the weekend and um, see how we go from there, eh?
1: Yeah, why not? So we've got uh, Cowboys uh, on, again, so got them on Saturday at 5.30, I believe. Um,
0: yeah, 5.30 Saturday up at um, in North Queensland. In and, you,
1: and you know they'll be looking for revenge. I'm a little bit worried about this game. You know they're going to try to turn it on because that was humiliating for them amazing for us humiliating for them um and the performances they've been putting in the last few weeks shows that potentially they're starting to hit their straps um you know drink quarters on fire Townsend's just doing what he needs to be and Dearden god I thought he had you know second year cowboy syndrome start of the year I thought he was a shadow of how he was in 2022 but yeah, he's the last few weeks he has just been on fire. So, but um yeah, look. We know what happened last time we played them. And funnily enough, you and I were both in Stanthorpe last time we played them. And then we're gonna be near Stanthorpe again this weekend. So who knows? Maybe hmm. uh if they like like we mentioned previously, if we win this week and we win convincingly, we might have to buy some property out at Stanthorpe. <laughs> For the, might the, be the
0: se- It might be the secret sauce for when we play the Cowboys. Let's go through the lineup really quickly. So, fullback, Jerome Buller on the wings are Nofaluma and Tupo. Naden and Teller are in the centers. Dane Laurie at 5'8". First start there for the club is my understanding. Brandon Wakem is halfback at 7'. Toikomanu returns from origin at 8'. Clemmer is the other prop at 10'. We've got Simpkin in the hooking role, filling in for Appy still. Papa Lee, Sean Bloor are the back rowers on the edge. And John Bateman locks the scrum. Talon DeStilver, young Talon, is the number 14 after making his debut in his last game against Melbourne. Finuapole and Alex Twal are the bench props and Po are the bench utility. Reserve list, Seafarth, Smith, Talao, Matamua and Atasi James. Uh, what do you like about the squad that's been picked? Any changes that stand out?
1: No, I think it's the best squad we can put on paper at the moment.
0: Yeah. I yeah. think that... we're.
1: What do
0: you say? I was going to say we're hurting in injuries. I think. Yeah. Um. To your point, you know, we it might not seem it to the outside observer and non-Tigers fan, but yeah, like we said, we're missing a lot of key players, key spine players, and so we're trying to just build a side in many ways. You know, there's some parts of our of our side that have been reasonably unaffected, and, and we're really lucky in that sense. You know, the forward pack's been relatively unchanged, obviously outside of Appy for most of the year, so we've been lucky in that sense, but You know, the halves obviously have been decimated. The back line's been chopping and and changing all over the shop. Um, And as a result, obviously, the interchange bench is going to be affected by that too. So we're doing our best in that regard. Um, For me, it's good to see Stafford back in the centres where he belongs.
1: Mm. Definitely. Look, it was an experiment that, you know, they they tried. And after the game, I believe I said that experiment has clearly failed. Uh, So good to see that they haven't decided to Oh, we'll just stick to our guns. He'll find his feet. It. There was no finding his feet there. Like, he is not a 5'8". He is a very good centre at the moment. Keep him in a position that he's performing very well in. So,
0: yeah. Yeah. Uh, Dane Laurie in the six. What do you like about that selection in there?
1: I don't know yet. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't seen him play at six
0: so now you're familiar with his relatively familiar with his game though so what do you like about his game what do you think he can bring to the sixth role I guess
1: uh, excuse me sorry uh, I think that his speed is definitely something that he'll bring to that six. I think that he'll find it um, I think I think he'll find him get on the outside of his man a lot more than uh, say a Brooks or a Toa could Uh, I think that's something that they'll most likely be working towards is getting him on the outside of his inside man uh, and then creating that, you know, three on two. Um, I think like, you know, you you listen to all the stuff that Gus has said and Gus has come out and said, I I never saw him as a fullback. I always thought he was going to be a five eighth. He only played a fullback for the Panthers because that was the only spot available. And it was the spot we needed him in. So, Look, I you and I have both said we really like Laurie. He hasn't been what he's needed to be this year. But maybe that's because we've needed him to be something that he's not. So this is his chance to that
0: sounds familiar. Sounds very west West Tigers when we're talking about Brooks, doesn't it? A
1: little bit. A little bit. (laughs) But that's the thing, like, you know, you, you think about the changes like i'm looking at what benji's doing and i like the the toa move was a pure sheen's move but i think it was also because of a necessity now that you have said that that you know um laurie had a concussion and it was kind of the next best option uh but as it it rigged of sheen's but watching how how the team is selected it, it just it reeks of a hand of benji And the reason I say that is because (laughs) we're not beating a dead horse and hoping it wakes up. It's, you know, that we're doing things that make sense to us. Like we, like, I can't think of how many times you and I have discussed selection change, like selections and had absolutely no idea why. Like we're not in the nitty gritty. We don't know what's going on, but any like armchair footballer could see that some of the selections were just stupid. These don't seem stupid. These seems like somebody that has played football in the last five, six years that knows how the current game is going. So look, I, I really, really hope like, I don't expect him to be the X factor, the game changer, everything he needs. We need someone to be right now, but I'd love to see him have a solid impact on the game and to say, look, I have shown you, this is my spot. And so you know, and who knows? He might even sit there and you know, be the number seven that we needed. He might be a game manager. Who knows? So, what about yourself?
0: Um, yeah, I just think that he brings a little bit of a uh, bit of excitement, a bit of elusiveness with him. I think he's got the skill set to play there. I don't know what his kicking game is like. Uh, I know he can pass the football, and obviously, he's got a good running game. So. I'm keen to see that. I hope he can kick. If he can kick, it's going to take a bit of pressure off Wakeham. I think we saw last game with uh, Toa that uh, last game was Gold Coast. Is that right? It's been a long break with the um, the buyer.
1: Yeah, it has been actually.
0: <clears throat> um, it was last game Gold Coast. Last game was Melbourne. Melbourne. With yep. Melbourne because of Talon, yeah. Um, yeah, well, we saw with Toa that he didn't have much of a kicking game and, and that put a lot of pressure on Wakeham and he's a pretty easy target then to put, to put pressure on for the opposition defences. Uh, I just want to see a point of difference. I want Laurie to bring something that we're like, oh wow, that was that was impressive. I don't know what that is, whether it's different plays, whether it's different setups, whether it's early kicks, whether it's a bit of urgency. Uh, bring a bit of that attitude that uh, we saw against Parramatta last year, where he he raced down and whacked um yeah, whacked Gutherson. Yep. You know that sort of stuff is stuff that's been missing. You know if we and if we can. Oh, I sound like a broken record in some ways, because if we're going to be a side that's missing key plays, if we're going to be a side that's looking to next year already, uh, at least compete on every play. You know, if you're missing your key guys, if you're going to struggle to score points at the best of times, it's got to be attitude. But to compete on every kick. Line speed's got to be on point. You've got to be whacking people. Um, you got to be doing all those little things that are not just talent-only based. And um, hopefully Laurie can bring a bit of that and bring a, a bit of aggro with him and, uh, yeah, he's a competitor, no doubt. And I hope that he brings a little bit of a point of difference, particularly in attack. And other than that, just make your tackles, so huh?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I don't, I'm not concerned about the tackles, uh, him making his tackles, to be honest. Like, haven't seen him defend in the line a lot, you know, but we know he puts his body on the line for a guy that's tiny as well compared to some other fullbacks. He's probably taller than me, but, um, to compare to smother fullbacks or smother halves, he's not the biggest, but he doesn't shirk his responsibility. He tries, you know, you you think about that perfect example of him just taking it to Gutho, that, and just getting his face. You know, that's, that's, that energy. And that's the thing I think we'll see on the weekend. I think you'll see energy from him. I think that he'll come out with a point to prove, because um, he's, no one's looked for him for his, he hasn't signed anywhere. So he needs a contract. Um and he knows that this is probably his best option now that Brooks is gone. So he's going to want to put on a performance, and I think he will.
0: Yeah, yeah. And we um, we've been critical of him in the past at certain times, but we want him to be good and have success for our club. So I'm hoping to see that. I'm, <clears throat> excuse me. Keen to see a little bit more of silver, obviously as well. He's going to be a very slow burn. He's a young fella, and um, he plays in the middle. Uh, high work rate high work rate. Uh, lots of big boys running at him. So that's going to take time with him, but great to see him getting some time. Other than that, there's no real surprises. I thought Papaliti and Bloor both had some of their probably season best games. Last game against Melbourne, a couple of line breaks each and um, performed quite well. So very happy to see that. Uh, And yeah, so back up against his, um, his son, Valentine Holmes this weekend. So hopefully he can take it to school again. And, and, um, yeah do a bit of damage out on that edge i think Naden i think naden's due for a big game to be honest too i think he owes us a bit i think you know ill discipline and missing a whole bunch of matches and he's very very quiet in his return game so i think he's due for a big one coming up against peter Hicker.
1: yeah i think so as well i think so and there's there's something too that a little bit off kind of off topic but still a little bit on topic we haven't mentioned is uh one of my predictions finally came true Twolly cross for the big meat pie
0: he certainly did. Now, I have a bit of a suspicion, and I'll have to go and re-back, replay that episode. That we knocked that, it on? <clears throat> no, 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 not that he knocked it on. Um, but the episode prior was actually the first episode that you have not mentioned it.
1: It? Really?
0: Yeah. Uh, no I count. have a sneaking can't suspicion. No, no, no. You're a bold prediction for this game, mate. I have a sneaking susp- suspicion, and while confirmed for next week's show, that the the week he scored was actually, I think, the week that you did not mention. I'm happy to be wrong, but if it is, we'll play it back live next a, week.
1: I'm definitely having to re-listen to that because there's no <laughs> chance I did. No. Chance.
0: Oh, there's a chance. Oh, there's a big chance. No, but, no, um, not a chance. Speaking, speaking of bold predictions, the monkeys off the back in regards to twelve wasn't at a great moment.
1: Oh, it was great. I got chills. I got yeah. chills. Just watching all the boys get around him, you know, Clemmer. I don't think Clemmer could get the smile off his face for a good five minutes. After. Yeah.
0: And that was it for me. It was, it was the response that they saw when not only we'd scored, but they realized who it was and their yeah. faces double lit up. And just, yeah, it was just a raw happiness moment uh, at, a, at a time when the clubs, you know, has not had a heap of success, obviously, recently. And it was just one of those, it was a non-results-based piece of joy in the game. And it was just a, a great example of why I love this game. Yeah, 100% hundred yeah. and, and i think i think i think nrl fans like nrl fans across the league were stoked yeah. everyone was talking about it It was such a big thing so yeah it was it was cool it was I really I think cool.
1: it was I think I think it was um try of the week with NRL.com
0: yeah. hey, it really wasn't that fascinating but because it was
1: twelve it was try of the week yeah
0: I think my favorite moment was um my heart will go on dubbed over the top of it like the Titanic <laughs> theme music. Yeah it just everything became more dramatic When you watch that. I think I'm getting chills thinking about it. I'm going to have to go back and watch it 10 times tonight before I go to sleep. (laughs) All right, mate. So on that note, I guess, we've finally had a bit of a... We have broken the drought. Not we. But uh, your bold prediction have moved on to a new era. So, mate, the Cowboys game, 5.30 on Saturday. Got a bold prediction for us.
1: You know what? I do. My bold prediction, because he tried a couple of times... Nah, De Silva will get over from Dummy Half because he tried a couple of times. I reckon he'll get over from Dummy Half.
0: Nice. no Noted try scorer. I've mentioned in the pod a couple of times. Yep. Scored on da- scored on debut in Flegg. Scored in his second game in New South Wales Cup. Uh, and, yeah, I think he was like the top try scorer in the SG ball side or something like that too. So, um, yeah, noted try scorer. Nice. i lo- love to see that with the kid. What about you? <clears throat> i got got uh, Dane Laurie two try assists.
1: Oh, I like that one too. I like that one.
0: Yeah. Yeah, cut it ball and um something else, I don't know. Maybe a kick.
1: Yeah, look, like I said, I just I'd love to see him just have something of an impact. He doesn't have to be the game changer, the game breaker, you know, the uh yeah. the the X factor all the time, but to have an impact would be really pleasing for me.
0: He's a footballer. I've said this before. You want him in your squad, in my opinion. Now, whether he's in the seventeen every week, I don't know, but he's the type of footballer I think that you want in your squad. Yeah. Uh, particularly if he makes a decent fist of playing in the halves as well as a backup fullback or whatnot. If you got to call on Dane Laurie as a backup fullback, I'm pretty wrapped to be perfectly honest. Um, I'd be re-signing him on on a on a smaller deal, but just to keep him in the thirty because I think he's important.
1: Yeah, I agree too.
0: Yeah. Scoreline, mate. How's the game going to go? Concerned?
1: I am concerned. I am concerned, but you know what? I'm going to say we're going to win, but we're not going to flog them like we did last time. I'm going to say it's going to be 22-14. to Okay. So that's two penalty goals to Wakeham as well.
0: Okay. So three tries apiece, fail to miss two. Yep. All right. Interesting.
1: Nice. I'll take it.
0: Uh, other way.
1: Yeah, I figured as much.
0: 38-6. They're going to give us a touch-up. But we're missing Apicorosau. Yeah, starting half-back's gone. Um, yeah, we're struggling. We're in a rough spot. We're missing key players and key positions and they've caught form and we're doing our best. So I think it's a tall order uh, to see him at this time. And geez, what a turnaround from 66-18. But we caught fire that night. And we've we've since been hammered by injuries in form, and they've since caught fire themselves. So hmm. that's how close this comp is. You know, it can swing like that. That can happen. Um, hasn't happened yet. It's obviously, it's on a Saturday night, but, yeah, that's I'm fully expecting that to happen. I hope we're competitive. I hope we're in it, and I hope that we win. I hope you're right. We'll have to wait and see. Yeah, crossed.
1: At the same time, I do really want to win, but I also don't want to have to buy land out at Stanthorpe. So maybe don't win.
0: Could be worse. Stanthorpe's good.
1: It is nice. Lovely spot. I just don't don't have the money.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Good point. Might have to pass the hat around.
1: Yeah. Might just get all the boys involved and just buy it together.
0: Yeah. We'll see how we go. Mate, on that note, uh, we might wrap up the show. Good to be back. Uh, I'm obviously on tour at the moment, but we'll be back in the studio as of next week and everything as per normal as we march towards the back end of the season. Um, Pleasure as always, my friend. 5.30 will be watching it. Um, we do a public service announcement every single week. You guys know the drill by now. Hop on YouTube. Hop on the Facebook page, Tiger Town Podcast, YouTube channel by the same name. Uh, hop onto the two podcasts until do the better than us, the West Life Podcast and the West Tigers Podcast. Get it over onto their respective platforms. Tell them who sent you. The humble boys from the Tiger Town Podcast. And, mate, we'll do it all again next Tuesday or next Wednesday, I should say, uh, because that's when we release it. Other than that, mate, all the best for our boys on Saturday night and go the Tigers. Go the Tigers.